Have you heard of Zibby Owens? She's well-known these days in the book world. She has been dubbed NYC's most important bookfluencer by New York Magazine's Vulture.com. And her award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, has been on Oprah.com's list of best book podcasts two years in a row. She also hosts Zibby's Virtual Book Club, writes a monthly book column for Good Morning America Online, and often appears in the media suggesting books. And she has four kids. And now Zibby Owens has her own anthology with more than 60 original, brilliant essays written exclusively by best-selling and notable authors from her podcast. The contributors include Gretchen Rubin, Sarah Shepard, Wendy Walker, and John Kenny. They all wrote essays for Zippy during quarantine, all inspired by things moms don't have time to do. You'll feel like you've made new friends as you laugh, cry, think, and escape into Zippy's book world. And we'll actually be talking with Zibby Owens on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast on Friday, February 19th. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul And today we're talking about horses in a spiritual way. It's interesting that almost every world religion has a special, more spiritual view of horses. There's just something about them, their steadfast loyalty, their strength, their calm natures, and the way they bond with humans. So I was pleased to publish a couple of stories that involved horses in our new book about miracles and divine intervention. And these stories will give you chills in a good way. In our first story, Linda Monaco Behrens tells us that her husband, George, was in the hospital where he had been admitted for pain management as his cancer advanced. He had been there more than two weeks already, and this was a good day because he was up and speaking. But then George had a delusion. He thought they were showing the Hindenburg disaster on TV. But this was August 2008, and the Hindenburg blew up in May 1937. George's patient advocate, Anne, was there, and she knew just how to handle it, looking at the TV to be polite and then changing the subject. She took Linda into the hall and reassured her that this behavior was not unusual. It was a result of the high dose of morphine that George was on. She reminded Linda that he'd spent the prior day calling everyone on his contact list to come get him because he was being discharged, which of course was not true. The morphine was doing its job keeping the pain manageable. But that drip had unique powers, like taking George back to 1937. Linda went back into George's room, prepared to go along with whatever he said now that she'd been told not to worry about it. And that's when George said, "Hun, go look out the window. Maybe you'll see the horses that just flew past. They were the biggest horses I've ever seen. Why, they could have even been Clydesdales. Linda went to the window and looked down eight floors to Manhattan's busy First Avenue. Although she saw a street crowded with cabs and buses, she agreed with George and told him that she just caught a glimpse of the horses turning onto 68th Street. George fell into a morphine-induced sleep the next day and died three days later, still in the hospital, 
He had wanted to die at home, preferably 200 miles away at their upstate house on the river on a property they called their camp. After the funeral, Linda and her three close friends drove up to the camp to carry out George's wish to have his ashes scattered in the river. Her elderly next-door neighbors, Harry and Jean, were unable to go to the funeral, so Linda invited them to join her at the riverside to say their goodbyes. And then after they scattered the ashes in the river, they walked back to the camp to have lunch. Harry took Linda's arm and said he wanted to show her something. Lynn, you've got to see this. Last week, these tremendous horses ran through your backyard. They were so big. Look at the prints they left in your lawn. Linda couldn't believe it. She asked Harry for more details, and he said, It was Tuesday. There were four of them. Don't know where they came from. Never saw anything like it before, and I've lived next door for 30 years. Well, Tuesday was the day that George saw the giant horses from his hospital bed in Manhattan. Horses that had never been seen in the vicinity of their upstate New York camp. Linda believes that those horses helped George connect to his beloved camp in upstate New York and somehow let him be there as he lay dying in the hospital. It brought her comfort as she stood in their yard and looked upward and said a proper goodbye to her husband. Barbara Davy has another story about horses and their surprising relationship to people in their last days. For many years, she worked in the marketing department of a continuing care retirement community, you know, one of the ones that provides all the levels of care that a person might need as the years go on, independent living, assisted living, memory care, subacute rehabilitation, and then skilled nursing. Her facility had a five-star rating, and she was always in awe of the healthcare providers who worked in hospice and helped so many of the residents in their final days. She had a good friend who worked in a similar facility, rendering direct care to hospice patients, although her facility was 40 miles away in a rural area surrounded by farms. There were even horses grazing in the neighboring field. It was a nice place but run down, and they also paid less than at Barbara's facility. So when her facility had an opening, she told her friend about it. Maybe she'd like to switch to this newer place where she could make more money. But her friend said no. She was staying where she was. And when Barbara asked why, her friend said she had to drive the 40 miles and visit her. So Barbara went to visit her a month later, and she did notice how beautiful the area was. She saw the horses too, although they weren't grazing in the field nearby. Instead, they were standing at the fence that separated their field from the nursing facility. Barbara asked her friend about the horses. Why were they standing so still and in a perfect line? Why did they seem to be almost motionless, like statues standing at attention? Why were they so calm? Her friend smiled mysteriously and said the horses were why she would never leave this place. And Barbara said, what do they have to do with you and the hospice patients? That's when her friend explained. One of our patients passed away an hour ago. Several hours before he died, the horses, who had been grazing in a distant field, started making their way over here to the common fence. Before he died, all seven were lined up, quietly keeping a vigil. The funeral director will be here soon, and the horses will keep watch until the body is safely removed. 
It happens every time someone makes their final journey. Barbara was stunned. She returned to the window, and the seven horses were quietly waiting by the fence. The undertaker arrived several minutes later, and the body was removed through the back entrance. The horses continued to stand guard. It wasn't until the car disappeared that the horses silently dispersed to the neighboring field. They do it every time someone passes away, her friend reported. It's like they have a sixth sense. As I said, they actually assemble at the fence before the person passes away. It's like they see the angels coming for another soul. It's not a scary thing. It's actually quite comforting. Horses and spirituality and death, two amazing stories. I guess you can see why so many religions see something special about horses. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you like to get your podcasts so that each new episode will be automatically downloaded into your phone. If you'd like to learn more about Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and Divine Intervention, you can find it on our website, chickensoup.com, by clicking the podcast button and looking at our featured books. And if you'd like to submit your own stories for a future Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Click on Submit Your Story on our website and we'll guide you through the process with a list of topics we're working on and guidelines for how to write a great piece of narrative nonfiction. Come back for our next episode to hear a couple of stories from our next book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time. We're going to talk about when me time can mean me all by myself time, something that you may or may not be experiencing during the pandemic. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.